Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. Welcome to Wow Black, a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. We got another dope-ass episode for you today. Absolutely. As you can hear, this is Vince. And this is Art. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if um if you're new to Wild Black, I want to take a quick second, hit you with what we do. We do two things. We tell the stories of people who look just like us. When you are by choice, by force, or in the name of survival, acting in a nuanced behavior. We want to talk about that. We want to give you success strategies. We want to help you to overcome. The other thing we do is we tell the stories that our people need to hear to be inspired to act and to go out there and win. So I took a second, told you what Wild Black does for you. Now I need you to do something for us. Hit the share button. Head over to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, wherever you go. Hit us with a five-star review. Tell us what you think. Hit us on our social media. They're all listed in our episode description. Or email us directly at wildblackpodcast at gmail.com. Now, we're back to business. We got a, another amazing episode for you today, like we always do. We've got an amazing guest. And another one. Right, another one. right, right. You already hear her a little bit. <laughs> but what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to pass it to Art. I'm going to let him hit you with her bio information. And then we're going to get into this thing. All right. What's up, party people? So check this out. So we got a great guest. Uh, her name is Tamika Newhouse. Uh, and I'm going to get your bio real quick. From teen mom to CEO by the age of 20, Tamika Newhouse, the author of 16 novels. 16. Man has landed on numerous bestseller lists and is the winner of eight African-American literary awards. Oh, Man, I can't, I can't even say that right. How do you mess literary up? When but that's reading, it. When reading. One. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> See, I like her already. <laughs> Only nine months in, or after debuting her first novel in 2009, she landed a major publishing contract without an agent, and went on to become the CEO of Delphine Publication. Mm -hmm. To date, she has published nearly 200 titles, launched the careers of hundreds of writers, and produces the only entertainment award show for African-American writers called the AAMBC Literary Awards. Yes. I just want to say, like, I love the fact that there's a black-owned publisher out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Tamika, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah please do. Like that was <laughs> like a little nice. Like, that was a nice intro, but we need to. We need to. Uh, we need more. Well, first and foremost, fellas, thank you for having me tonight. Absolutely. I hope we behave. No, no, don't behave. Oh, we have a good behave. Behave. We barely behave. Yeah, we. we behave. You okay. can please do. All right, cool beans. Um, but I mean, to sum it up, um, you're, you're right. You read my bio correctly, except for literary. Um, <laughs> so it's eight African-American literary awards. Um, and they vary from independent publisher to self-published author of the year um, to an anthology one year that we won. Um, and I personally won author of the year a few times. Um, so you just I'm, dope. I mean, I guess we can we can put it like that. Yeah. Listen, claim that. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're pretty. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I've been doing this about 10 years, and I've been able to do it fully without having to work another job. So I think that's pretty awesome in itself. Shit, that's a goal right yeah. there. Oh, that's a goal? Hey, Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know nobody who, who ain't trying to make money and not have to go to somebody else's job. Yeah, I kind of suck working for anybody else. Like, I, I could be real disrespectful. <laughs> and I like to control my time, so... I had no choice. I had to work for myself. I'm with that. Yeah. So check it out. What got you into like this whole space? Like how did you how did you move or transition into it? Or did it just happen to you? Was it just magic or Okay, so now now that I know the power of words, um, I grew up in, in church, very heavy in church. Can I you sing? Like, I can sing some old Negro hymns, but other than that, I mean, I can sing some. There's some clips on YouTube of us singing. I already peeped them out. I can do stuff like that. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Okay. Um, Look, look, before you get into that. uh Uh-oh. Because that's gonna start our that's gonna start the whole interview he segment. Early. I, did, I, I know I, he did. Did. I did. We, we, we did. I did. We finished. I did. We filled it. Uh, and we, uh, it's all good. It's I was like, look at you, Vince. Be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, that wasn't what you said before. <laughs> he interviewed out of order. So, but okay. Back back to the so program. <laughs> we want the people to get to know you just a little bit more. They heard your bio. Oh yeah. They mm-hmm. they heard what you do. They mm-hmm. heard you the boss. They know all that. But we want them to get to know you just a little bit more. Which one are? And we want to have a little fun. Okay. So we we gonna we gonna we gonna jump into our wild black shit. Ah oh, man. Yeah okay. yeah yeah yeah. Okay. So uh, I'll hit it with the first question, brother. You can jump in. Okay. <laughs> so, hmm. folks. By the way, we're talking about the literary world today. We're talking about authors, publishers. So you'll understand where these questions are coming from. The very first question I have for you comes from. One of the uh, most profound, prolific books in existence. Ooh. The Color Purple. Ooh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so hit us with two lines, your favorite two lines from The Color Purple, with emphasis and all that. Oh, my gosh. Right? Um, can I just sing my favorite song? Hit them with it. With two of a kind, so sister, I'm keeping my eyes on you. On you. All right, I can keep going. Shit, you, I was, I was, yeah, that was, that was, was that Miss Seeley's Blues, right? That's no, that is Shook. Is that the name of it though? No. Oh, that is the name of the yeah, song. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that was Shook that was singing. So there's an <laughs> artist by the name of Ndombi who does that song. Mm-hmm. And murders it. Really? I mean, she she kills it. You gotta send me the link to that. I got you. I got some now, competition. We asked for two, but you sang. 
That's three. Oh, the, so that's, that's three. That'll qualify that's if you three. want. Or hit us with another line. Oh, my God. It's because there's so many lines. Um, uh, We can go with this obvious one. Harpo, who this woman? Okay. Like, okay. Everybody know that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you proved out a little bit of something. Question number two. Okay. Name for me two items that are still to this day in 76.8% of all black households in which the owner is 62 and above. Oh, my god! Any two things. I got a whole list of them. I'll repeat the question. Okay. Name for me two items mm-hmm. that are still to this day in 76.8% of black households in which the homeowner is 60 or 62 and older. Bro, that's a crazy-ass question. That really boy. is a very specific it question. Is. Um, Let's go with an iron. Okay. That, you know, I, I think we had an iron about 60 years okay. ago. Okay. Um, That's the old iron iron. When the yeah, iron the used old to be, one. you got to the heat real it heavy up. one. Right. Yeah. The one you had to sit on the, the stove. The old, yeah, yep. yeah. And then perhaps uh, we don't call them an ice box anymore, but everybody has a refrigerator. Ice box. Yeah. I, I, I would think. Ice box is an old ass term. My grandma, my great grandma used to have an ice box. Uh-huh. And in there, <laughs> she had ice milk, which I thought was ice cream until I tasted that. It is not ice, ice milk. Cream. You never heard of ice milk before? It's no. Some, it's some old people shit. Sounds like she was probably trying to make ice cream. Man, it's, you could buy it in the store. I don't think they even sell it anymore. So real quick, I'm going to hit you okay. with a couple other answers we had. Ice box. We had plastic on the couch, white Jesus or black Jesus, crosses, those big-ass woven fans, that Huey P. P. Newton <laughs> picture where he's sitting in the chair with the guns. What else did I come up with? Oh, frozen sweet potato pies, an okay. empty chitlin bucket, typically underneath the sink, catching water as it drips. Oh, man, uh, real? Oh, something <laughs> other than country crock in the country crock container and oh, plastic yeah. Chinese food container. It's usually or at least a bacon grease holder. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. That's a good one. And if, Art, I'm going to say the if, last question for you, Oh, bro. man, if you're not African-American, you probably couldn't relate to any of those things, <laughs> but that is real. We still that's got the country crock. Yeah. That's not like Big yeah. Mama House. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's some good sweet potato pies coming out that house. All right, third question. This is our favorite, our absolute favorite question. Um, What do you love the most about living while black? For me, being black, this may sound very cliche, but for me personally, I love my skin. Like, I used to hate how dark my skin was or even how dark my lips are, but as I've gotten older, so many people have not only complimented me on these things, but they want it. Right. Don't so many people want darker skin. It's ridiculous. Um, But yeah, it's my actual skin, the very thing that makes me a target. Wow. I love it. They out there paying for our complexions. I don't have to sell no hot box and no light. Paying for our lips, our hips. Mm -hmm. That's why they don't like us. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's true. What did Max say? That's why they're trying so hard to kill us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. The power. That's right. That's power in this skin. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's dem- it mix us with any other race. We dominate. Yeah. You can you can see us in any blood type. So that's true. All right. So listeners, um, every episode we hit you with a literary piece. It's typically the thematic of the episode. Today's no different. So I want to take a second and read to you a quote by Maya Angelou, and then we'll have a very quick discussion. So what Maya Angelou says is that. There is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. Mm. There is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. 
So, Tamika, before we really talk about that, you are an author, a business owner, a boss, and you reside in this world. Right. So when you hear that, what does that quote mean to you? It's amazing that she quote Maya because she's my favorite. And I actually got this tattoo in my arm because of one of her, my favorite quotes by her. I told you I researched. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, all right. I see you. I'll play. Um, for me, <laughs> for me, I strongly feel that because I say this almost every day about dreaming out loud. Amen. And this probably take you back to Art's question um, on how I even got here. Right. And for me, it's all about your words, your energy, and for me being intentional. Right. And I feel that that quote is all about being intentional about what it is that you want to do with your life. Right. Being intentional about the things that pull at you, the things that you're passionate about, the things that you yearn for, whether it's a career choice, an educational choice, a love choice, um, choices with your children. You right. Know, whatever it is that your heart desire. Um, I'm all about fulfilling that by any means necessary. I always say be happy. Choose you, do you, be you, be fearless. Those are my hashtags on almost every post. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is dope. I, I always say be selfish about loving yourself. Like, That's true. Oh, my goodness. Like, I'm really, like, they, people don't understand the selfishness when it comes to love. Right. We tend to love with conditions. Right. Our love with expectations right and for me i don't try to love with anything i go into whatever situation taking it day by day right and however it flows it flows i'm with that i'm with that you're talking about dreams my thing is i, I like to tell people that we have to learn to dream further than we can see i agree because right? so many of our environments limit what we see and therefore, we allow them to limit what we can be. And we need to find a way to dream past that. But, all right, brother, what do you think about the quote, man? Uh, I can sum it up in one word, freedom. Like, yeah. freedom of thought, freedom of spirit, freedom of emotion, freedom of, of you, being you, being able to— There's so many people that don't necessarily know what freedom is. Freedom, I mean, it's not like you in, in bondage where you're actually locked right. up anymore. Right. You can be— not free or locked up in your mind or, or trying to attempt to be somebody that you're not or something, you're doing things that you're not meant to do. Right. And I think when she says, you know, a greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you, the story is you. You are the story. And, and are you playing out your life and what it was meant to be? Are right. you holding true to the things that you really do enjoy and you really love right. and you really appreciate? Or are you, you know, living someone else's life? Or are you, are you, are you putting yourself into bondage? So that's, that's how I look at it. And, right. and freedom is so important to me because that's the thing that I think everyone strives to accomplish. Um, I don't. I disagree. Ooh. Break it down. Oh, yeah. Please do. I, I disagree. Everyone does not strive for freedom. Oh. Or the freedom within okay. their day, the freedom within their mind. Everybody complains about their circumstances. But they don't really want it. It's not that they really want it. Nobody really does anything to change it. Like, of course they want it. Of course they want change. Of course they want to be happy. Of course they want their life to be easier and they want financial security. Of course they want these things. But they don't want to do anything to get to it. No, nobody wants to do the yeah. work. It's so it requires... They want that short-term comfort Yeah, it requires every single piece of you. It's yeah. more than physical work. And I think where we fail to realize is that pursuing all of your happiness takes a way more mental space than Absolutely. anything. Absolutely. Yeah. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. 
In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It so, takes sacrificing relationships, sacrificing time, money, yeah. energy. People don't want to do that. People want to take the easy ride out. That's just why they do the nine to five. True, true. It's easy. True. I that's security that's knowing what's coming in every yeah, week that's and fair. next week. Like that's safe. Like some people just want to be safe. They don't want you know the risk of you know not knowing what's coming in next month. Right. Yeah. They don't want that, and like, we gotta respect that. So no, everybody doesn't. Do you think fight you that. think that you define that as not being free though? If they are working a nine to five, well, like they, I don't want to put anybody in a box that way, right? Freedom, because some the people, freedom is if they complain about their life circumstances, if they feel stuck. Now they could very well be fine. With yeah, they life. could very well love what they do yeah, and actually be free and be working free. for somebody else. Yeah. Like if they're complaining, complaining and not doing oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I okay. like the people like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we so can't have a conversation. There are different dimensions of folks, right, and, and yeah. where they are. So I, I, I'm, I'm with you in that thought process. I think that the where I'm going with the freedom term is how each individual person looks at freedom and what they should be doing with their life that they wanted. I think everybody has the capability of being free. But nobody really. Yeah. It's kind of like when we were when we were in bondage, we really could have all been free, but we were controlled really by the right. mindset more than anything. And there was a, there was a big risk that right. You had there to was be a big risk to take, that they right. were not, you yeah. know. And are yeah. we? And it's the same thing today. But you just got to apply it to the, the, the different principles and the circumstances yeah. that we are in today. Right. But it's the same for when our ancestors yep. were slaves. Like, I completely agree. We didn't have to necessarily. And I think that's where the confusion comes in with Kanye. When he oh, said slavery oh. was a choice. Oh, now, that whole line, I disagree with how he said it because he said it so carelessly. Right. Oh. And I think, I think, I can't speak for him and the shenanigans he did today is totally different. But what I, I think that he means is that our circumstances, if we're unhappy, um, if our, our back is up against the wall, if we have the choice to move up out of that and we don't, that's on us. Right. But what, as far I think as like about, slavery, I think no. about what Kanye said, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on him because right, that, that, brother that, there, <laughs> that brother there. But when I think about yeah, that slavery is a choice comment, what what I come to think about is, if you get to the most technical sense, he's absolutely right. Yeah, but what? what but what is the choice? It's like you are you are either enslaved or you die. Wait, 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 this is right. I'm not going to rationalize what Kanye said and make it and try to put it into, okay, I'm going to move what he's saying into how we live today because what he said was absolutely wrong and there's no way to rationalize it. Like I cannot, I can't even allow us to, 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 rationalize it and make it seem like, oh, yeah, this is what he meant by it. No, nope, nope. not, not going to what he meant. When you, when you boil wrong. it down to the sheer statement. To the statement, to the not statement, Kanye. Not Kanye, not to the, the context. Statement. To the statement. Okay, let's let's go to the statement. Every, everything is a choice. It's just how bad is the other alternative. In that case, 
You either we are all have enslaved we all or have you choices. die. I would have chose to be enslaved just like most of us did. Most of them chose right. to stay in that position because at that point they had loved ones. They had consequences. You know, there is things to consider. So, I, I think you can think about I don't, Black I don't. Panther and what um what was what was what was the villain's name who really was the villain? Oh, his, uh, the he ended up being the Killmonger, right? Fear, Fear, yeah. Killmonger. Killmonger. What, what, what he said at the end, like his choice was to throw me overboard with my ancestors. Yep. He, he would choose. He death chose. He chose over death. bondage. Yeah. Now, bondage, that's not yeah. what Kanye meant. I'm not even trying to figure out what he meant. Yeah, that's a crazy but choice. technically, that's the a crazy choice, choice. always exists. No, the, the, the choice of slavery versus not slavery. But that's, what right. kind of choice Take is Kanye that? Out yeah, it's, it's, right. not, it's, not a, it's not a real... Like, you can, you can give people false choices, though, right? Yeah, if, absolutely. If, if you have a choice and mm-hmm. the, the alternative is death, it's not much of a choice. progression <laughs> in right. your mind and as who a chooses human... Death too often? Yeah, who right. would say, oh, I'm just going to die? No, but that's, that's what, not what even a part say, of that's not even we, a part we, of we celebrate, like, you, you, you. we celebrate some folks like Nat Turner You're who right. made that choice. He was like, you know what? Today is it. I'm gonna fight till I'm free or I'm dead. That's that choice, and that's still kind and of the same tough. fight even today. It's not necessarily a fight to you know to or dying, but we are yeah. definitely fighting for something. We all still trying to have some type of peace. Of freedom and financial security, so yeah. we're still fighting. I agree. Something. I just can't relate it to that because it's, 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 it's not a choice Kanye. you want to take. Well, I'm thinking about what he said, like because because yeah, I could I could in my mind rationalize. Oh, okay, yeah, it is a choice. You, you could die. Okay, well, or let's you could take be a this slave. example. You could do that. Martha walking. She Martha slave. She walking and say, "Master, I don't want to be no slave no more," and she walk out the door because that was her choice. Now, what are the consequences? There's a consequence to every That's choice. Right. That's right. So, what is the consequence to that choice? That's the point. You catch her, beat her, She's not sitting here saying, oh, I want to be a slave. But these are the the choices and the options I have been given. It's a false choice. It's like like you you Uh, choose the lesser evil. Like you can't. You can't. You chose the lesser evil. You can't really choose. Right. You can't really choose. I know what we're talking about. I just can't. We just can't choose. That's not a choice. I think what Art is saying is like, to him, death isn't even a real choice. And like, it's not a choice that I want to take. Because I'm not built that way. Right. But technically, it's still. We can a apply choice. it to now. The, the sex, uh, sex slaves. We can apply that to the sex trade and the things that these women go through. And some of them walk around now, not with their slave masters or those who have <laughs> enslaved them. They walk around free. Yeah. They go into the store to go pick up stuff for the other girls that's at the house. Like, what's our problem? Art. What's her, what's <laughs> she her, what's her problem? Specifically. Yes. What's She's I, choosing to stay art. <laughs> that, that's a that different. That's a different. No, that's it's not. Look yeah, that's slave. a different dynamic. That's it's a different dynamic. Her op, like, I'm know, talking about death versus. That's they a, can kill her. That's, that's a, Do you not know how many people are, are in the system this, when it comes this is to where being? I'm, this is where I'm going. How many with people that? are in a sex trade right now? Like over a million, right? I don't know, but it's a ton. It's a lot of people. And Atlanta, it, it, it is. And Atlanta is like the capital, the number one, because we are the, the what the international hub. That's right. So it's a lot of women walking around that's in bondage right now. I could have been in bondage walking up and you not not know. All right, all right, so I'm finna get us back on track. Cause, Cause see, Ar- Kanye be fucking it up for everybody. Okay, my every, all the way around. <laughs> Kanye be fucking it up for everybody. But I, I, I will say that I'm not even. I can't even answer just that. You lost. I, no, I ain't lose. <laughs> it's lost. just. It's just. It's my that, point was proven. No, I'm with I proved my point, not I'm Kanye's point. You, my you, point. I'm with you. Mm-mm. All right, so we are gonna get back on track <laughs> today. 
We are still talking about the literary world. Yes. So I want to I want to bring in our civil right, our civil wrong. And today, I I really do want to get you all's opinion on: is this a civil right, or does or is it a civil wrong? So okay. here it is. I read an article during my research, mm-hmm. and I ran into this. I, I don't remember what website it was on anymore. Huffington Post, and the article is entitled. I refuse to give my black son the talk. So I'm going to set this up. There's a black father who delayed his son getting his driver's license till he was like 19 or 20. Okay. Right. right? And th- his justification was the longer I delay him from driving, the more I can keep him out of harm's way via the police and being pulled over or whatnot. So oh. his son okay. is 6'3 with locks. He, de- he, he describes his son. I'm going to read it. He's a boy with a giant heart, never met a stranger, a lover of life. He's a good driver. He's a black kid. So I want to read a small excerpt from the article. And, and here it goes. My entire soul resists the mere existence of the talk. Cutting off his beautiful locks in the name of respectability will not stop a bullet. Think about the psychological toll that it must take on a child or young man to be told by adults that you trust. Hey, just try to remind the police that you are human so that maybe just maybe they might treat you like one. In an attempt to inoculate them against racism, you are injecting the disease itself. I want my kid to stand tall, hold his head up, live free and without fear. I cannot ask him to crouch and beg before public servants that we pay to keep him safe and ask them for permission to breathe. It diminishes him from the inside out, and I won't have it. The reason I chose this is because I think this is a a real-life, everyday example in the black community of the power of our words. Right. He's refusing to share these words with his son for fear that he's injecting into his son what he's trying to avoid. Right. And my initial reaction to this was, what the fuck is he talking about? Right? (laughs) Flawed logic. Because my son is 13, (laughs) and I'm already having the talk with him. Yep. But as I read, it didn't change my perspective, but I did begin to understand his. So, Tamika, I'm coming to you first. Okay. We like to say, is it a civil right or is it a civil wrong? And what are your thoughts on that? I'm going to say this is a civil... Well, he definitely has the right, you right. know, to, to raise his child. Right, he is dad. The way that he wants. So, I, in that sense, it is a civil right. He has the right, right to do that. However, it is wrong when it comes to preparing him for the inevitable. Yeah. It's kind of saying that, hey, son, you're about to take this huge test. However, I'm not going to give you the answer to the test right. because... And the test could come at like, any time. Right. It can come at any time. And I feel <laughs> that he's setting him up for failure. My son is 11, and I'm already teaching him what to prepare for. And my daughter, I've been teaching her yeah. what to prepare for. And I let them know that this is something that you have to be aware of until the day you die, not just until you're, what, 40 or 50. Like, right. it's for women, we get assaulted way up into maybe 65. They had the, like, the woman, I think she was a grandmother just in Cobb County what, yep. six months ago or something. Yep. And yeah. then men, I mean, we've seen how they even treat our elders. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's inevitable. So, although I understand his fear and his concern for his child, but I, f- I fear even more because now you're really setting him up. Like, you're sending him out to war with no weapon. Good way to put it. That is... Yeah. That's, and you're supposed to be like his drill sergeant and you're not preparing him for war? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Okay. Art, what do you think, bro? I, I understand his intent. Um, 
I can't agree with his approach. You know, his approach is, is and I like the way she put that, <laughs> you the drill sergeant. How, right. how do you not? You should be preparing your son as early as you possibly mm. humanly can. It's like, hey, I got the test. Right. I'm going to give you every answer to the test before you need to before actually take to the actually test. Take and what he did was he said, hey, I'm not going to give you the, It's going to be a test, but I'm not going to give you any of the answers yet. Right. I'm going to give them right. to you later. I'm right. going to have you delay the test. Right. But you can't but you determine can. when that test Correct. comes. Right, because yeah. if I tell you these answers, you know the world is ugly or you know the world is bad. Yeah. Like right. It's flawed logic. Very, very flawed. Yeah. And I'm concerned for him and how he's moving around in the world. Because you a black man too, <laughs> yeah. sir. Right. Okay. Is that a real article? Yeah. Yeah. That's I, a real that's person? A real person? Yeah. Yeah. Bless his heart. We're going right. to pray for him. Please, I wonder where, he, where he's from. It didn't say, I don't think. I'll, I'll go back and double check. And I mean, any parent that's listening and y'all probably disagree with are disagreeing in his approach because everybody says we have the right to raise our children the way we want. I really want you to think about the fact that the children aren't in the world alone. Right. Our children are in the world with other races, other situations, other mm -hmm. circumstances. You cannot change that. Even when they go to school, if they go to the grocery store, like if we were to perish tomorrow, if you were to die tomorrow, where will your children be? Do they have the skills to survive right. without you being here? Right. I really raise my children as if I'm going to be gone tomorrow. Yeah. I was talking to a, a friend about this article, and his perspective was, well, we have the sex talk with our children when we want to. And my pushback to that was, yeah, but that's because when your children are seven, they're not even in the space to have sex, right? Their bodies haven't done the things they need to do to physically always have sex. Right. So you... You have some control over when your children have sex to a point, right? When they get to be 15 and 16, you can't control it. Right. But when they're seven, you can to a point. But my, my pushback on this was Tamir Rice was 12. Right? You have yeah. no control over when the police decide it's your son or your daughter's time to be harassed and potentially murdered. You have absolutely no control whether he's driving or not. If he's walking nowadays, if he's in someone's car, hell, if he's in his own home anymore. You run that risk, so no, I agree. like in his home, yeah. yeah, even at home, right? Like, and and, and I know that we're we're <laughs> talking about police brutality, but we got to understand that we get we've been getting this from white people. Like, white people have been disrespecting us. White people have been had you know exalted their privilege. And, yeah, this you is know, not new. This is not new. Right. The only thing that's new is the internet. So now people want to say, "Oh, racism is back." Right. It's, it's being filmed now. This shit ain't no, new. it's being elevated. Like, it's being elevated. Right. What frustrates me is we've dealt with it every day, but now we got to look at it every day. Right. From every angle possible. Yep. So we're not and angry. And defended to those who disagree. Yeah. That's like, I mean, they just. Yeah. I don't know. People just don't quite. Graph said. I'm with you. Yeah, you know, our timelines are filled with police brutality videos or somebody getting arrested or somebody's father being taken away and you know, other races, their news feed is of cats and dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Fluffy babies yeah, riding right. fluffy bunnies over rainbows. Funny cat videos. Yeah. We don't never see those though. We don't. No. Like it's always when somebody hit <laughs> busted at, it's kinda like, oh, I didn't even know. Right. They do this on the internet. That went viral. The oh, internet I don't is know fun. how that went viral. I we can laugh on the internet. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> that's a funny cat drinking some milk. Okay. Oh, wow. Ooh. <laughs> that's well, not what's on my time. Right. The reason yeah. I wanted to to introduce that <laughs> was we're we're gonna talk about the literary world, being an author, being a publisher which has a lot to do with the power of our words. And, and in this case, I truly do feel like the power he should have been instilling. 
At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Inside of his son, he took from his son. I love the way you put it. Like he's sending his son to battle with no weaponry. Because in this case, words and understandings of situations that could happen is the armor and the artillery and the weapons that he needs to defend himself. And, and you can't learn it in a conversation. Right. You really got to learn it in life. Yeah, experience. And honestly, you got to learn through, ex- well, I, I would hate to learn through experience, but talk about it. Yeah. Talk to somebody that's been through it. Like, that's even when I talk to my daughter about the struggles or just the fears of the world, they ain't really experience nothing. Right. But I still show them, I tell them about my own experience, let them know that it's not too far away from your front door. That's right. That's right. Eklund on um, episode two to talk about our rights. Her, per- her perspective was educate them with your words and your voice. But um, she suggested that we drill them, that we get friends of ours who don't know them mm-hmm. to drill them so mm-hmm. that they are put in a position where they mm-hmm. don't trust this person. They don't know this person and they go through the motions. I thought, I thought it was a, a, a great way to do it. But now <laughs> drill sergeant. Yeah, exactly right. That drill. was a great point. We want to move into um, the interview portion. We, we, we talked some good stuff already. We've okay. talked the power of words. About being black. Yeah, yeah. So let's Which get is excellent, into it. y'all. Let's get into it. Yes. So the the very first question I want to ask you is, what's black about the literary world? Ooh, what's black about the literary world? First and foremost, I get excited about my work every day because I'm doing something that I feel is life-changing. I'm right. talking about our books, our stories, and those who create them. And for me, that is mind-blowing because we all know how we started. Our history started on this soil, this particular soil. The second time. And we weren't able to read and write and create. Mm -hmm. So being able to do that now, which is why I get really excited, which is why I don't mind putting my time and energy in this. Books aren't popular. You know, artists aren't the popular, nice, you know, thing that's on the billboards or the radio shows or... You know, they're not walking the red carpets along with the other A-listers, but without us, none of that what you guys enjoy anyway, you would have. So right. what was the question? I just get excited <laughs> about talking about just the literary world in general. I mean, but, I th- you're already answering. What, what's black about the Oh, what's world? black about it is we're creating. Like, right. nobody's telling our stories anymore. Like, we're telling our stories, whether it's a hood story, a romance, a paranormal, Christian, nonfiction, all these genres are now being created from our own voice. Right. That alone is powerful. And I love, I love, and you can, you can probably shed light on to this because I'm, I'm a lay person when it comes to that industry. I love to read. I love books. I love the power of words. But to me, it's, it's beginning to feel like our words and our stories are being embraced again more. Right. I started thinking about, uh, like the Hate You Give just came out Friday. It came from a book. With Angie Thomas. Right. Children of Blood and Bone is being turned into a book, is which that? is... Yes, I just met her last week, but her name is so I love unique. it. It's like an yeah. African name. I, yeah, I yeah. love... That That book is amazing, yeah. by the way. It's like My son Black is reading Harry right Potter now. in Africa yeah. type. They just started filming the movie, too. I yeah. think that's amazing. Yeah. Right. And, and 
like there's so many. Even I mean, even things like Carl Weber, the man in Four B, being turned mm-hmm. into him. Like you can we, look we're at Issa Rae. This. You can exactly. look at mm-hmm. Ava DuVernay, Marbrock Akil, um, Oprah, who's creating a platform for now content to be seen. Mm. You can take it to producers and director with Will Packer and. Um, you can take it to the Lee, Spike Lee, and Malcolm D. Lee. Yeah. Like, you can take it to a whole bunch of people. It's like, now when I go on the internet, like, right it's, oh my, it's so exciting. When I started my book club 10 years ago, it wasn't like this. Right. First and foremost, we had maybe 30 or 50 writers that were talked about. Tell them about your book club real quick since you brought it up. I, oh, okay. I, so the book club itself but... stands for African Americans on the Move book mm-hmm. club. So it stands as a literary movement. So it's, okay. it's all about books and black writers, and we do these meetups. Um, I produce Black Writers Weekend, which is a lot of socials and parties. It kind of reminds you like Grammy Weekend, but for books. So right. we do the award show. Um, it's gala style. Like, it's exactly what you would see on TV. Yeah, It takes a lot, costs a lot. It's a lot of people um, that make it happen. Um, but I, I created this because there was nothing like this for us. Nobody's talking about our books on the radio and, and we're not on the billboards and all that. But now we kind of are when it right. comes to the writers. Like right, right. then mm-hmm. we really weren't. But now the screenwriters are getting, you know, all the shine. Like the screenwriters are now dominating mainstream media. Now it's time for the book writers to get that shine. So I love it. Yeah, it's a literary movement. Because I'm I'm a huge I'm a huge reader. I, I used to read physical books a lot more, but I ran out of time. So I, I bounced between reading and listening and to listening, audio. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. Audible library is yeah. insane. Yeah. Podcast sounds yeah. like the new wave. And now they've even started, um, which is crazy because I had this idea a long time ago, but it's more like um book series, like a like a TV series, but it's a audio book series. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. started those. Um and oh, then, I, haven't, I haven't seen anything like really? that. Really? Yeah. So basically you're just listening too. to a show. Yeah, yeah, like, but it's but different dialogue, different people. Uh-huh. Yeah, you got the sound characters. effects, all of that. Uh huh. But it's huh. like it's it's audiobooks. I love they did the Bible that way. Like when Blair, really? Blair Underwood was Jesus. It's like it's really? called it's called the Bible experience. Nobody like made the Bible all an audiobook. And they acted out. It's it's actually pretty good. Like you can't listen to the whole thing. Like Obviously, the one sitting, you don't of course. Listen about three years. <laughs> but it it is good. It is good. It is good. <laughs> all right, so check it out. People people understand in the world of film, Hollywood, they they know the issues that black actors and actresses deal with. They understand yeah. that parts aren't written for them. Yeah. They understand the pay gap. They understand like some of the racial bias and discrimination that they deal with. Yeah. But I assume that also happens in your world. So what does that look like? When it comes to the book world, um, if you're independent because of the ebook craze and it's so easily accessible, we have about a thousand books that come out weekly, a thousand ebooks. Wow. So the competition is very, 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 very hard. Right. And the quality of books is far and in between. So the great thing about it, though, is people are able to create and just put it out there. Like, right. you're really able to just, like, jump out there on Front Street. You have no more excuses. But then once you put it out there, then what? And right. I do want to kind of put it out, you know, put this out there, too. If you do want to write a book and you do want to put something out there, please take your time and make sure it's good. Because all of this content that's coming out is... It's so watered down. Yeah. It's so repetitive. Like the other day, I saw a book that said this this whole guy wrote this in her house. Like, and that's the real title. I saw that. I, and I'm like, I saw it and on it went viral someplace. and stuff, and it's selling. I'm like, this is embarrassing. It is. Like, why are y'all downloading stuff like this? And it really got a roach on the cover. Like, yeah. this is. So, if you're going to write 
And if you're going to put out stories that represent us, come on, y'all, put out some quality stories. Like, I feel like everyone out there, every one of us, like you have, you got this experience. So then you, you've got like a unique story inside you. Those are the ones I want to, the story that no one else can tell yeah. but you is the one I want to hear come out. Yeah. That's what I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people, I hear this a lot. I have a story. I want to write a story about my book, I mean, about my life. You know, I, I've had an interesting life and... And I'm like, okay, that's great. I've had one too. And I always want to get people, you know, to understand this. You can write your story all day, every day. Right. But with a thousand books coming out every month, why do we want to read your story? Right, right. What is going to make it interesting? What's your point of differentiation? Yeah, yeah. what are we going to get different yeah. from it? So just process it, y'all. Just process that and, you know, do it right. What What are some of those things a black author would deal with as they try to break in, survive, and thrive in this space? That's a good question. Um... Arthurs fail to realize that they're artists. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to the business and when I'm, I'm, I'm mentoring or managing writers, I call them artists so they can understand that you're not just a book. You're, the book is only just a fraction of this right. journey. Right. So when it comes to promoting and talking about it, we, we don't want to just talk about the book. Like you really have to dive into who you are as the creator. And that has to be the conversation. And then people will, again, invest in you. Right. By buying your book, because it's you. Right. So it's kind of like uh, you can take an example, Eric Jerome Dickey. We'll buy his book because his name was on the book cover. Absolutely. He, he, yeah. You are your brand. Your you brand. are your brand. Yeah. So we just focus on some of his early titles, let's say Lovers and Friends. Right. And he just promoted that, promoted that, Lovers and Friends. And he had loversandfriends.com. Well, what's going to happen when he comes out with his next book in the Gideon series? Right. You get so it's, I do. It's all about creating a conversation around you. What makes you unique? Why are people going to relate to you? What are your stories about? Um, and how can we create that message and right. convey it to your readers? Right. I love yeah. uh, Rashonda Tate Billingsley. I love Rashonda. I've known Rashonda for years. Tell her, I said, t matter of fact, tell her, um, <laughs> what? Oh my God, what was the name of the one? The church statement, amen? No, the no, one it's the one about mental illness. Oh, okay. Where, I know what you're talking about. Uh, okay. I can't believe I can't I think of the name of the it. Name of it. <laughs> Because she has a lot. She's like 30 books. And matter of fact, they turned that into a television or into a movie as well. Okay, but then what was the name of it? Because they had Let the Church Say Amen, and then she did have one more. I'm going to look it up real quick. And I'm going to was... ask the next question, and then I'll look oh, it okay. up. Oh, okay. So, like, specific to, to you and your experience, right? You you are the author of 16 books. We're talking to Tamika Newhouse, by the way, listeners. The author of 16 books. You started your own publishing company. So, outside of, like what it takes to break through in business, what it takes to break through and tell your story, market your story, and get people to listen to. Mm -hmm. What's been added to the play? What, what's happened because you're black? What have you had to overcome in that space because of your skin color? And I'm going to look up Rashonda's Ooh. book. Okay, so when it comes to tapping into mainstream media and getting that respect um, and trying to get on the blogs and the magazines or even getting the radio interviews... Um, the genre itself, urban fiction, is not respected. They don't really think that that's true literature. And I feel like that's very authentic literature because right. nobody really can tell our stories from where we came from and from our experiences the way that we can. So I've always, and not just for myself, but just in the past, right. had that resistance when it came to these these big festivals. Let's throw out Essence. Let's throw out like Afropunk. And let's throw out some of these women conferences. They want... You know, the cute, you know, nonfiction titles and right. self-help self -help books with the generic information and people are talking and saying the same thing. And then they're talking about how they made it. Like, 
I don't I don't do that. Like I don't I like to talk and create real authentic stories. Right. And then be able to talk about those real authentic stories from my point of view and just being me and engaging with people. And I, I get tired of that repetitive, you know, just approach with these larger events. That's right. boring. That's, Sounds almost like I'm gonna make a word up. Genreism. Genreism. I like that. I don't know if that's a real word. No, but it's, it's not. It's gonna work today, damn it's it. It's not. Putting whenever you put ism. <laughs> the power on of anything, words, baby. It's it not don't a word. exist. Oh. It's not a word. It's not a word. <laughs> We're gonna throw it in the urban dictionary now. Cool, I'm with that. Yeah. I mean, hell, bling bling Genreism. made it all the way up the chain. I like that. Right. That might be in the dictionary right. now. At it least bling be. is. So one question that that I think is important. We've already talked about what's happening with racial injustice in the com- in the country and the socioeconomic things at play. But as an author, what do you think, as a black author, what do you think your responsibility to all that's happening, socioeconomic, political, what's your responsibility So just there? as an author. Okay, so as an author. Well, actually, as an author and then as a businesswoman running a publishing company. Okay, so as an author, it's very, very, very important that I be authentic to my storytelling. Regardless if I feel that society is going to receive it or not, if I begin to create a story based off of what I feel is going to be received, then I've already failed. Right. So regardless of what the story is, if I enjoyed it and if it's what's within my heart, it's going to sell anyway. Or right. that's a success, in right. my opinion. And then what was the second half question? Uh, from from a business standpoint, like as you oh, moved the into business publishing. standpoint, um, it is very, for me, when it comes to the awards, mm-hmm. um, when it comes to the book club, when it comes to creating the programs for Black Writers Weekend, um, even our conference, Creative Con, I take it very, 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 very serious. Like you used the word drill mm-hmm. earlier. I'm like a drill sergeant because what I'm doing is not for me. Right. I don't even really earn. Like I don't, this is not what pays my bills. Like this is really me giving back. Everything that comes in, the ticket sales, the fundraising that we do, all of that goes right back into the organization. Goes right back into bringing in these skilled individuals, um, housing them, flying them in, um, promoting it, all the marketing. It We pour it right back into that. And I make sure that I'm very particular about who I work with, um, the messaging that we're putting out, and making sure that it's clean, that it's even down to the content of this error-free and, you know, that... We're, we're giving people that they that they want because it's far in between first and foremost, but this is for us. Right. And it really is for us. I love it. Like, there's not a war show about books that's on TV. Like, right. that's, there's, we're not really on the cover of magazines. Right. I'm not making that up. Um, we They're not pulling us to go into, like, the Breakfast Club or any of these other big New York and L.A. radio shows. Um, you don't drive down the highway and see an Arthur's book on a bill. Like, you don't really see these things. Right. So when I do my work, I make sure I do it very, very, um, I make them very, very proud. Right. I want to say. I love it. So. By the way, the Rashonda Tay Billingsley <laughs> book is The Secret She Kept. Oh, that is. Uh, yeah. And then I remember the Natari. She was in that, I want to say. It was one of those, she was I don't dark, a dark-skinned lady. Yeah, I don't remember. I think it was Natari. She played the main lady. I watched it. But I, I had, think it was on I had BET read the book, or so Lifetime. It, it, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it wasn't as good because I had read the book. But the oh, book of course, yeah. was, was great. The books are always going to be better than the movie. Yeah, I had a, a close friend who was going through mental illness, and she asked me to read the book. And it was so close to the things that I saw happening in her world. It was it was astonishing. So, great book. I'll get off the topic, though. But 
I like Sean, that you brought up mental illness. My next it. romance is Sensed Around Mental Illness. Oh, that's great. Our and next, our romance? next mm-hmm. Our next episode's about not mental illness. And it's not in a mental illness that you think like, oh, she's going to, like, she has psychiatric problems or she's bipolar or whatever. But it comes from the standpoint where she's never dealt with grief. And often, I think as we get older um, and we're going through life or, you know, at our job and we're trying to love individuals, some things trigger something. And we don't right. necessarily know that we have these emotional or hidden scars until we're put into a situation. Then, oh, yeah, I've never dealt with that. Right. Or I've never faced that uh-huh. issue. I've never cried this out. I've never forgiven this person. So you're carrying on this baggage and this anger and this hate. And it's showing in your demeanor, your energy, and even when it comes to communicating with other people. Right. So it's it's all about purging. That like we don't really purge, we don't talk it out, we don't cry, we don't go to therapy. Right. Like we don't really take care of ourselves mentally. And black so, folks, you can't pray yeah. everything away. Nah. You can't get mental assistance. And who it we praying is to? Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Are we praying to the white man still? Don't tell him again. Tell him huh? again. Oh, Tell him oh again. I, I didn't know if I could say that or not, but <laughs> please. Sure can. I'm tired of praying to this white man. I'm just saying. I didn't want to pray for him. Pray to him when I was younger. Either I just did because that's what I was told right. to do. But once you know better, you, you do, do better. better. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and you pray and meditate better. Yes. Honestly, whoever you pray to, if you do the work and if you say the course is going to happen in your favor anyway, because it's all about energies and, you know, it's pretty much what you put out is what you get back in anyway. So, and of course, yes, if y'all want to, yes, I believe in God and all that. Yes, I do believe we in got God. You. We got you. Um, I believe in the spiritual realm. I believe in angels and all that. But I do not believe that as a white man in the sky sitting saying, Tamika, you about to go to hell because you just cut. Long, long, long sandy hair and blue eyes. To, to right. that. Yes. I mean, it's like we I all want to hell. That's the case. So earlier we've we been talked. bamboozled. <laughs> right. You lied to me. Right. We we brought up dreaming earlier, right? <laughs> and I know from like everything that I read about you, um, you started in a very different place than you are today. You are a young mother and mm-hmm. you found your way to be an author, CEO of a company, mm-hmm. someone who is creating jobs, avenues, and opportunities for other young or older brothers and sisters, right? Yeah. So one thing I want to ask you is, for those people listening, whether they are struggling or in a bad situation today or just can't seem to think far enough outside their box, how did you How did you find your vision to go from that situation you were in to where you are now? Okay, so back to art question. So, <laughs> so yes, I was a teen mother. I became a mother at 16. Um, I wasn't fast, y'all. I wasn't hoeing around. Right. Um, it don't take but one time. Yeah, it only takes one That's time. That's all it takes. Um, and it was like with this one guy that I thought I loved and liked and all that. Married him and all that jazz. Right. Um, and I had a totally different life, like you said. Um, my mother, by the time I was 18, I got married. Mm-hmm. And I lost my mother at 20. Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I lost her, I dealt with her death by creating a book called The Ultimate No-No. Oh. And through that book, um, it sat for like a year. Um, and within that time, I had a son. Mm-hmm. Um, and when my husband at the time went to war for the second time, I, I made good good use of my time while he was gone. And that's when I started the book club. I started that on MySpace online. And I started because I was bored. But this is, I want to say this because, well, like I said earlier, words have power. Right. And when I was eight, I was prophesied over. 
and as I stated, I, I don't really, you know, pray to a white Jesus, but I'm very spiritual. I believe in God and all of that. And I was spoken um, to on this day. I was eight years old. And I remember like it was yesterday and there was a, a, a pastor that was visiting and he brought me up to the front of the church in front of the whole congregation. And he basically said in a nutshell, thousands upon thousands of people are going to know your name. You're going to be this leader. You're going to be famous, do all these extra things. I forgot about this. Years and years and years and years later, until I was about 23 and I was beginning to kind of take off of my career. And then one of my uh, childhood friends reminded me of that day in church. And I was like, oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> he did say that. But um, so saying that when I was 12, um, I wrote my first book and I had saw how Stella got a groove back. Don't judge my mother. I know I wasn't supposed to be seeing it. You all good. Um, but when I saw her tell I got a group back, I discovered that Tia McMillan, who is a black woman, wrote a book called How Stella Got a Group Back and mm-hmm. became a movie. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling my mother, like, wait, we can do that? Like, black women could do that? Yeah. Like, that was unheard of. So I told my mother, I'm going to do that too. Like, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to be a full-time writer and I want to go live in Atlanta because that's where everybody went. To, you made know, them damn dreams come true, didn't you? Yeah, Atlanta was like Wakanda back then. And I said <laughs> and that. And today. And today. <laughs> yeah. And I said that at 12, and wow. I believed it. I b- actually believed that I was, I used to dream it, though. Like, I just dreamed that somehow it was going to happen. I didn't know how it was going to happen. But I forgot about all those things when I became a mother, and then I became a wife. And then it wasn't until my mother passed until I sat down and wrote that book that ended up becoming something great. That's for a, me, that's yeah. Awesome. So that was like my humble beginnings. That's awesome. Yeah. So you've mentioned wow. Creative Con. You've mentioned Black Writers Weekend. Yes. The award show. Yes. So take a second and, and just kind of encapsulate that. Encapsulate? Can I use that word moving Absolutely. forward? Okay. That one and <laughs> genreism. And genreism. We're we doing it. Okay. So, but it didn't start off as a weekend, um, but it made sense because people wanted more and more and more. So if you go to Black Writers Weekend, it will connect the dots to everything. Creative Con is a free conference where we're pretty much giving out resources. Mm -hmm. Writers now don't have an excuse. If you want to put out a book, if you want to write a screenplay, we're really going to tell you how to do that for free. Right. Um, Now, we do have master classes. Say, for instance, we want to bring in a director and he wants to really talk about his journey and get into some real specifics. Right. And those classes are longer. Right. You can take that. That's a part of Creative Con as well. And then we're doing something called Latte and Last. And it's okay. like coffee and, you know, mixing and mingling and jokes. And like we're going to have like some comedians. Right. Uh, we're going to do wine and writing. And then we're going to do something called the book crawl. And right. I don't know if you guys ever did like a beer crawl. Yeah, When the bars, you know, you yeah, have the yeah, bars. And, you know, you drink, you know, you know, bar hop. Yep. Oh, I could have called it a book hop. But anyway, so book crawl <laughs> is basically where it's like different That's what venues. happened when you on Wild Black. You come hey, up with stuff. Really okay. creative. You know what? Yeah, y'all heard it here. First, um, so basically, like we're hot from different venues and you know participating book signings and readings, um, and then this year we're gonna do more like a little press conference and we're gonna stream it mm-hmm. for the award show announcing the winners. Nice, because we're gonna do something more so honoring urban legends. So that Sunday it will be the finale event called um, the Urban Legends Honor. Mm-hmm. And where we're going to be recognizing 50 writers that contributed to the birth of urban fiction. Right. And then we'll have 50 special guests. And then, of course, okay. it'll be ticketed and everybody else can come and enjoy. Right. And doing that program, you know, be we can go on and on. We'll be running some clips, some interviewings, giving out awards. You know, it, it's gala style to so everybody being their best attire. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's it's gonna be great. I don't know if you guys ever seen BT Honors, but Absolutely. it's gonna kind of be like that. We'll have Absolutely. the musical performances. It'll be it'll be just like that. So I'm I'm already tired thinking about it. When but Black it? Writers Weekend. Oh, it's always the second weekend in June. It's gonna be June seventh to the ninth this year. Um, oh, and we also have the Urban Book Bash, and that's how like our book party. So now if you need Art Night to come in there and like lace, er- lace everybody with song. A what? We can sing. Sing what? Music. We, we, we. Y'all sing? We don't sound good, but I'm saying we sing. Uh, you can sing? A little bit. You can sing, sing? <laughs> no. Because you're not about to say break out of melody. Right. I, I, knew, I knew where that was going. Next uh, question. No. Nope. Okay, fine. <laughs> but yeah, Black Riders Weekend, every second weekend in June. Um. Yeah. Where, where is it? It's I, here. I, I think, well, where? It's in Atlanta. It's in various, it's in a lot of different oh, locations. Okay. But if you go to Black Riders Weekend, it tells you all, oh, you know, the locations and all that so far. Got you. Yeah. Sometimes I don't really reveal every single it's a piece. Secret. Right, we got mm-hmm. you. We got you. Because it's literally no lie. Be- in in the book industry, they kind of call me like the Shonda Rhimes or we're like that. The Ava DuVernay in the black book world. Right. Um. So I do have a lot of people that try to um mimic right. some of my my creations. I know. I we get, get so excited. Yeah. So. And I, you know, I encourage anybody, if you want to do an event, do it during Black Writers Weekend. There's going to be so many people already there. Right. But don't be, you know, malicious with it. Like, it's, right. we're all here to win. All right. So I want to ask a couple. Actually, I got, I still got buku questions, but I'm going to start with this one, right? So you started a publishing company. Yes. And for our listeners, break down what a publishing company does for you. Well, I, I started a publishing company because I didn't want to wait for nobody to tell me that my book was good enough. Right. So I published my own book and I launched my own company. I named it after my your mother. Book was good enough. I got you. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I read it and you know and I wrote it. Obviously, well, shit is good. I felt it was good. And when I discovered self publishing, I said, "Well, shit, I'm gonna do it myself." Right. So I launched Delphine Publications. Um, and what publishing really does is this is the easiest way I can break it down to you. A publisher is like your doctor. Mm-hmm. And the company, the publishing company, is the hospital. Okay. And you are the pregnant woman. Okay. And you, the you are the author with the book. So now you, the author with the book, is coming to the doctor mm-hmm. who has the publishing company, who right. is, is the hospital. Right. So how is this normally done? So when you go to the hospital, what do they do? Um, they basically tell you if your baby is healthy. You know, they tell you how to deliver it. Right. You know, they pretty much get you ready. Right. Ready yeah. for motherhood. Right. right. So can, and then can you tell them if they're not ready though? If the, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can tell them if the, if the baby's okay. breech. Yeah, you know, and if the baby come out not looking like the daddy, we say, oh, wait a minute, something's yeah. wrong with the book. Plagiarize or the baby. Book. We got to do something else. Let's <laughs> right. you know, let's rewind. Mm-hmm. So yes, so that that's what the the publisher does. And they, they make sure that the book is healthy and it's you know it reads right, it's developed right. So the first step a, is you tell them if their book sucks or not. Well, they wouldn't be under my publishing company if it sucks. Okay. Because well, I'm Should not going like to invest that? in anything that I can't sell gotcha. or believe in. Mm-hmm. So, and then after, once the book is done, then you really have to dive into marketing and branding. And it's the same example of what I said with the doctor and the pregnant mother in the hospital. When you right. have your baby in the hospital, your baby isn't born and you say, okay, doctor, take care of my baby. Right. That's not how it go. The baby right. don't go home with the doctor. Right. The baby go home with you. And that's the same with the book. Okay. When the book comes out, it's your baby. Right. So why wouldn't you not want to support and promote your baby? Right. Get your ass up off of go to work. the computer. Go to some events. Feed build your baby. some relationships. Post Feed on your social media. Feed your baby. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Change their diaper. Yep. Birth them. 
Get up in the middle of the night and see about them. And take them to the doctor when and they need to go. To the, exactly. Because sometimes, you know, some, you, they need, need a checkup. Mm-hmm. Never know. I like him. I like him. <laughs> he get it. He get the metaphors. He wasn't getting the Kanye thing. But, I can't stand Kanye, yeah, but yeah. You, you get some points back now. He back. He back in the cool, the, the cool squad. He back so. in the circle? Yeah. Cool. Welcome back, brother. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> All right. So when you talk to people, right, everyone right now thinks that they have a screenplay and a movie inside of them. Everyone thinks they got a book, right? Yeah. So, for those who are serious, what's the process? How, like, as simply put as I can, how do you today write a book and publish a book? Well, I can bring that, break that down in layman terms. At a, first, you have editing, mm-hmm. you have typesetting, you have cover design, you have your full cover, you have your distribution. Right. You have to make sure you have your ISBN. Um, ISBN. What's I know that's the number, but what does it stand for? Do you know? I no, I don't know what ISBN stands for, but how I explain it, it's like your social security number for your book. Okay, gotcha. So you gotcha. can it can never be reused and has all of your book information on this particular number. Uh-huh. So your um, international social book number. I made yeah. that up, so we're gonna rock with it. Okay, genreism. You know what? You on the road. You writing this down art. Is that what you're doing? You taking notes. I gotta. I gotta you go doing find what ISBN is. <laughs> <laughs> you doing the meat notes? Um, but dang, what was the question? <laughs> oh, how do you write a book? So you, you hit them oh, with yeah, yeah, all yeah. kind of stuff so already. So that was pretty much editing. Once, once the, the, the book is written, obviously you got to go to the editing. Then mm-hmm. it has may have to be developmental editing. Line editing is really when they go through it line by line and make sure that your characters develop, um, that there's structure, there's uh, no inconsistencies. Right. Um there's a conflict in the overall resolve. Like your editor is supposed to make sure that your content is as clean as possible. Right. Um, and then that's pretty much it when it comes to publishing. Publishing is easy. It's kind of right. like completing steps one, two, and three. So gotcha. as I stated, publishing a book is very easy. Thousands of books come out weekly, not right. monthly, not yearly, but weekly. Yeah, On a daily, hundreds day. of books wow. come out. Right. So people are doing it, but ain't nobody, don't nobody on the market. And then they're not putting out good quality edited books. Right. Nobody's really taking the time to develop their stories. Um... They don't really know how to tell their stories effectively. I was just going to ask that. So, like, for people who want to tell their stories but sit down in front of a computer and then have no idea how to type. So, how do do you do it? Like, from the standpoint, like, when I read a book and it's dope, there's content, there's character development, there's conflict, there's all this stuff. Before you write that book, does the author already know What's coming? There's a different process for every creator. This is why okay. I call them artists. Nice. Every artist is different, and how we create and get into that zone is different. But when it comes to telling the story, there really should be no loose ends. If For me, if I'm going to tell a story about um, Danielle, how can I tell Danielle's story and I don't know her? Mm. I don't know nothing about her mama. I don't know what she likes to eat. I don't know what she fears. I don't know if she, what she's striving for. I haven't spent time to get to know her. How do, how do you get to know her? Well, I, I create a bio. Like, there may be a particular story that I'm trying to tell or convey. And so I ra- actually sit there and I process and I develop a story. There's a, like a story plot and I do right. like a storyboard. And so I may have a character list. I may have some settings, mm. what these characters look like. Like, Danielle in the beginning can't be short and, you know, and round. But then in the, in the end, I say she's tall and petite. Like, you have to really know who uh. you're writing about. And not just who the, your main character is. Like, her friends, her family. Like, we have to know these who personas. their voice are. All your characters can't sound alike. Right. Like, people don't really... People will sit here and say all the time, I want to write a story. 
you know, I can write, I got a story to tell, but nobody really knows how to tell it. Right. There's yeah. like, can like every if everybody can write, truly everybody would be doing it. That's but people just putting words on paper and saying they are Arthur. So what do you look R- for? Real quick, so yeah, yeah, go ahead. ISBN is International Standard Book Number. Yeah. Just for our listeners. Oh, that's why he was googling. Yeah, yeah. I had to he make sure. Googling. I had to make sure we got that out there for everybody. All right, all right. What do you look for when when you when a book submitted to your company? Um, I don't personally take the submissions anymore, so I let my content manager Boss. take over it. Okay, go ahead. Yes, yeah, so I don't answer no emails. I don't look at no submissions. They go through, you know. The the fluff, I guess. Right. Um, and they send me what is the best of of the the bunch. Right. And then from there, I look at the content, I look at the storyline, and then I go and look at their personal journey. I look mm-hmm. at their social media because I ask a lot of personal questions. Right. Because for me, my publishing company, we don't just publish your book. We actually build artists. Nice. Like my top seven writers from when I first published, starting back 10 years ago, still write full time to this day. That's dope. So Mainly, you, you invest in people. I invest in people. I like that. Mainly because I get up off of my ass, hello right. people, I get off off my ass, and I go on the streets with them. All of my authors at any point can tell you I've sold books side by side with them. Nice. And I like to do that because I like to teach them the ropes. Because I can't really do that virtually and say, okay, you just get a table, you sit there and look cute, and you sign. That's not how I go. Every particular person is different, and we need to grab emails, we need to network, you need to take pictures, like... It's a hundred moving pieces at different events. And so I personally take the time to teach them how to execute at these events, what to look like, how to talk, how to conduct interviews, um, how to stay consistent on social media. Like we really take our time into developing these artists. So when it comes to the book sales and and making sure they're carrying a weight. Oh, my expectations is way up here. Because you've given them all this I good you already. All the tools. There's no them. way I give you all these tools, and more than half the publishers don't. Right. And you're not using them. Like, don't waste I my time. I drop them very quick. I'm with you. Hmm. I'm I drop them very quick. What? Yeah. What? So, you mentioned artist development. Mm-hmm. What makes for a really good or really successful artist? What traits? Hmm. I think it's someone who's really, really comfortable with who they are and they're able to convey that and in any environment. Where yeah, I'm an author. I'm ready. Oh, Lord. I think you actually have the personality for it. And, and I think if you really have to have the personality in this day and age in any entertainment field because when it comes to selling our projects, they're really going to be invested in us. Right. When you see people like Beyonce and Will Smith getting on Instagram, surely you know it's something to the social media thing. Because now they have to be seen. Right. Now they have to let us in a little bit more. And although we don't see them at home, you know, sometimes they're a comfortable space. They're letting us, you know, follow their journey out and about. But the key is they're on social media. So I feel that the most successful artist is someone who has really found their voice and they're able to convey that in every aspect from the way they talk, from the way that it, the, the things they create, how they dress, who they're friends with, when they're able to really know who they are. And that is really consistent in everything across the board. I feel like they're successful. And that's I mean, that's such a loaded, that's really a loaded question. And it's not one answer because there's no one artist. Like everybody's different. So Cool. So do us a favor. We, we've talked about all this stuff from your world, but we haven't yet talked about your books. 
Oh, okay. So tell us. Talk right, to us about so, you know, where you are, what you're doing, all that kind of good so stuff. So I spoke about Maya Angelou earlier. So right. I'm very big on love. I'm very big on expression of love. So I got tatted here one time called Always Choose Love. Right. And I live by that because I feel like that's like the greatest expression. So when I write, I'm writing about love. Right. And normally, though, the love that I'm writing about is not so pretty because okay. people normally don't know how to do it. Right. And I write from experience for the most part, and I'm I'm really an emotionally driven writer. So a lot of my early stories, the love was a little petty. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little, you know, some stuff I wouldn't technically do now. And as I've gotten older, it's more about communicating and being authentic and being right. real. And I don't have gender roles when it comes to my stories. Okay. Um, a woman can do the same thing that a man can do in my love stories. It. And then um, there's always some type of conflict. And I think I put conflicts in my romance novels because I want people to really see themselves. What's an example of, of some of the, the conflict in your books? Um, someone be not being honest with, with their feelings for someone else. When they're with someone else, they're, they're with somebody, but they right. have feelings for somebody else. Right. Um, and that's normally the conflict because that's normally what everybody deal with in the world. Right. And my whole thing is, well, if everybody's dealing with this, why is this, why is this an issue? Why are we forcing people to behave a way or to not be honest about their emotions or their feelings? Like, everybody dealing with this? Right. Like, everybody has dealt with cheating or infidelity or you know not being being with somebody because they don't want to hurt this person i don't think that that's right me personally so when it comes to you know my stories i want people to to love selfishly and just be honest whether you're a man or a woman okay 16 books yes tough question Uh uh-oh which one's my favorite absolutely what is your (laughs) favorite and why the words I didn't say is my favorite story that I've ever penned. Um, and I'm actually going to adapt the movie, friend. It's going to be called Foolish. Okay. And it's my favorite love story because it was two strangers. Um, and I cre- and I, I create this love where sometimes love just hits you. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you're just attracted to somebody or the energy is just there and it just works. Um, and that may make you a little fearful. Right. Um. And I wanted to show, well, you know, what can happen if you're not honest in that space. Um, and I feel it's the best love story that I've shown because I've gotten the best feedback from it. People have called exes or resolved some old feelings because nobody is really honest. People are just afraid of being honest. Don't nobody want to sit here and be like, I don't like when you did that. Okay, so you said it's your favorite because of the feedback you've gotten. So yeah. I, I know you. that means you care about the people listening, right? Oh, yeah, because reading, it's, it's always rather. a message right. in my stories. Yeah, I so, want them to get something. Forget the readers. Okay. There are no readers at this point, right? Y- you work in some office building and you write for s- the simple love and joy you get out of writing. Mm-hmm. And you've still written 16 books. Mm-hmm. Now what's your favorite? The Ultimate Nana. Why? Um, Because it's messy. It's messy. The plot twist is... It's something that it even shocks me to this day when I read it. Like, it's something that people did not expect. So it's a lot of twists and turns. It's exciting. It's nonstop action. And it's the baby. It's the book that got me to where I'm at. So it's one of my... And I can't write like that no more for some reason. I try to. You're in a different place. Yeah. And you said you write based on you. So yeah. I got yeah. it. Yeah. So it's okay. my favorite. Yeah. Delta right. Nana. So... <laughs> 
watching the time. Like I still what got you like, like crazy questions. Uh. Um, so black authors get put into like uh, it's popular to believe we write about one thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'll use Carl Weber as an example because I I've read so many of his books. Right. He typically I don't even say typically because that's not true, but we typically believe that our authors write about this one thing. There's a group of guys, one's married, one's divorced, one's a dog, one's this, right? Yeah. We write inside of this genre. Right. So what genre have you not written in or not published in that you want to? What what better let me ask it a different way. What's missing? What black genre representation horror. is horror? Okay. Horror. Horror. I've read yeah, it's Halloween time. I read one. It's uh I'm a, I'm a, I apologize. I'm going to tear her name up. Tiana Reeves Do. Oh, uh, yes. It's Tiana Tiana Reeves. But yeah, I know who you're talking about. Her first name is really, really long. Man, I read a book she wrote. Again, I I do. I love to read. It was about, it was some haunted house. Like, Mm -hmm. literally, I'm a grown-ass man. And you were scared reading the book? I turned the light on. To read the book. To to live. <laughs> Shit, if that light was out, I wouldn't The monster's going to jump out the page. Yo, th- she took me someplace. Okay. I'm, I'm going to have to look this but up. But I agree. Like, I, I can't find much in that genre. Not I, horror, I found one not... more, but it was horrible. So, what are you reading? Let me see. Oh, well, what did I read? No, um, if you got something else on that one, because it looks like you well, first start thinking. Oh, when it comes to other genres, like L.A. Banks, like, she was the last one to kind of dominate mm-hmm. that vampire paranormal type space uh, so that's missing too uh la banks she died some years back um kind of around the same time as elin harris right um so but that genre is missing but i think those non-popular genre which i, I feel like why jade peel who did get out yeah which is why i think that was successful like when i saw it i was like oh that's brilliant like yeah. mixing yeah. Horror with racism. racism? Yeah. And oh, it that was, was terrified. Like, <laughs> it was brilliant. It's, yeah. it's scary as hell for us. Oh my God. I it was, was brilliant. But that's really how we feel in real life. Like we're really fit. Like he he noted. That was so if we can get someone to dominate that era, that would be great. But even when you mentioned the lady, the children of blood and bone. Yeah. Like we're really kind of we're tapping into that yeah. whole genre now. So I'm excited about Yeah, what's, I'm what's I'm happening. really, really excited for her. Like she got seven million dollars. Not one. I don't know if it's seven, but it was seven figures. Just look, seven for figures her, for her series. I'm loving it. Yeah. I, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. Um, what are you hmm. reading? I personally don't read as much what? because I'm creating. Are you busy as hell? Yeah, but but now I'm I'm creating too. Okay. So I can't read about a character because that character could end up in my book. Ah, so, that makes a lot yeah, of so sense. Yeah, so when I'm creating or if I'm trying to get into the zone and get to know my my characters, I can't go into another writer's book. That makes a lot so, of sense. Yeah. I haven't read in, in quite some time. I miss it. I miss it, but I'm too busy trying to make sure that people hear about the books and then read it. And normally when it comes to the book club side... It's me and just a couple people on that team. Right. So the more we are able to build onto that team, the more I can be a little bit more hands-off, I can dive back into reading. Cool. But when I read, of course, it's romance and sex. (laughs) Okay, gotcha. And stuff like that. Uh, Two topics I am a a fan of. (laughs) I I am a fan of romance and sex. Romance and sex. Hey, wife. Art, you got anything, brother? No, I'm... I've I'm, I'm, I'm been quiet. You know that Google and yeah. stuff. What's she searching? <laughs> no, I, I, I've been doing a little... Oh, you doing? Yeah. Doing you a little, Googling me? Yeah, doing some research. I, I, 
I think oh, I think what you, what you got out? going on is pretty dope. What you find out? What you discover? I was just looking at some of the books. Oh, okay. Yeah. You got a little twinkle in your eye. What you what you finding though? Uh, I just like what you got going on. Oh, okay, but well, yeah. tell everybody about it. Tell everybody to come on out for Black Writers Weekend and stuff. I might. You might too? look. We we, okay. we we might have to show up. We'll we'll be there. First of all, thank you, Vince, for saying that you will be there. Absolutely. I love stuff like that. Because here we are like nine months from now. He's like, yeah, we, we may have to be there. I'm going to need you to change. You will Oh, <laughs> I will be there then. You, of course you can come. Yeah, I will yes, be the, there. The ticket link is live. I didn't, I didn't get the invite, but I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> ready <it>. now. <laughs> love but no, but I definitely want like you <laughs> guys make there. To a new definitely. house, yes. We can send some guests. Um, y'all way as Please well. Please do. Yeah. Please do. For the podcast. We're That'd looking for people with, with, okay. with dope stories, some success yeah. strategies, all right. some inspiration. Like, we all about helping people that look just like us. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's do it, it then. Because I'm, I'm the same way. Well, we're we're at the end of the show. And I mean, what we love to do is... is what we eat? <laughs> yeah, I'm hungry. I am too. I ain't going to But I, I want to hand it to you, give you just a few moments to tell the people whatever's on your heart to tell them. Oh, wow. So, first and foremost, I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. Um, it's been a lot of damn fun. I want to encourage those who are listening and, and you, there's something that's pulling at your at your heart or just your energy. You feel some, somewhat unfulfilled. Um, I'm going to leave you with this. That, that feeling is going to stay unless you change it. And it really is up to you uh, on how your life is going to, to roll out. And I really, truly want everyone to kind of live you know, happy by any means necessary. Um, travel the world, take some risk. Um, tell that person how you feel. Write that book. Go to that city. Uh, learn how to swim. That's what I'm about to do to y'all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like, wild black, right? Right, <laughs> wild black. So black. for me. That's next. Yeah. Um, but just do it all. Like there really are no limits. If you are unhappy, you are because you choose to be, and that's just keeping it real. True. Um, but definitely find out more about me. Yeah. I'm traveling a lot. I'm always doing book signings and I'm very personal online. Everything is my name, Tamika Newhouse. Uh, Newhouse is like I bought a million dollar new house and Tamika's with an I. So that's T-A-M-I-K-A-N-E-W-H-O-U-S-E. And that's on Instagram, Twitter. My website is TamikaNewhouse.com and on Facebook, Tamika Newhouse. Cool. Very Listeners. easy to find. By the way, we'll have all that in our um, episode description. Oh, yeah. So you can go there and find it. Art, brother, you got anything? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Are you done Googling now? I'm done. Okay. I'm done. All right, you can finish when I leave. mm -mm. I'm good. I got it all. All right, so now up to the, we're going to do chicken fried steaks, potatoes, (laughs) some green beans. You're killing me right now. I'm I'm hungry. Yeah, some cornbread, some roses, some butter. All right, listeners, I can't add nothing to what Tamika said. Go do what you got to do. Get off your ass. Make something happen. There's no excuse. Peace.